Welcome to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers. Leaders are the heartbeat of any organization. Let Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler share with you the pathway to becoming a top leader in your organization. Now, here are your hosts, Dr. Greenberg and Dr. Nadler. Welcome to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers. I'm Dr. Relly Nadler. Dr. Kathy Greenberg, my co-host, and I have been doing this show now for 16 years. You know, Kathy and I are thought leaders in emotional intelligence, leadership development, and we're also executive coaches with years of experience. And between us, we have helped thousands of leaders and executives like you to perform in the top 10%. And what can you do for yourself, but also tips, tools that you can do to lead your team, to lead your organization. And we're zeroing in on this concept that we have in our newest book, which is called Emotional Brilliance, Live a Stressless, Fearless Life, is what do you do in the moment? How do you bring your best self forward in the moment? What tools, what resources, what strengths can you retrieve? Can you beckon so that in the moment, you are emotionally brilliant. That's really what we're focusing on. And this show, we're going to continue what we did in our last show, is this phenomena about quiet quitting. Today's show is about quiet uh, solutions that you can do uh, to counter this idea of quiet quitting. So just a couple things on, on this. If you listened to us last time, you probably heard about it. But also just in the, in the literature, in the last month, there's been articles in Fortune, Washington Post, NPR, Harvard Business Review, New York Times, about this idea of quiet quitting. And today we're going to look at that more so, but also as a leader, um, manager, parent, what can you do? zeroing in on some of the actions, so really some of the solutions. So we're going to look at leadership style. We're going to look at the aspect of trust, assertiveness, and some feedback to help you counter this uh, quiet quitting. So what is that if you're new to this? It's basically that people are no longer subscribing to the hustle culture. They're just doing the minimum. Some of it is positive, so they avoid burnout. And in the pandemic that we're dealing with uh, and have been, you know, for two and a half years, the flexibility is a key. And people value flexibility. So if you're leading someone, that flexible schedule that they can have, either working from home or the hybrid, you know, when are they at work, when are they not at work. Flexibility is one of the key aspects. Is that built into your work? For people to have that flexibility uh, is worth a 10% uh, increase for them in their pay. And this is from a work from home research project. So a 10% um, bump, they're willing to forego if they have flexibility. Is there flexibility in your uh, work environment? And so we know this whole idea of 
uh, quiet quitting, you know, on the uh, positive side, it's like a buffer from being burnout and uh, just doing enough. Uh, on the negative side, there's some negative aspects to it um, in your culture. If some people are working really hard and putting in more, and some people are just doing enough. So you can imagine if you're leading a team, you know, how do you deal with that? You got your top performers, your achievers, and they're getting frustrated. These guys are slackers. How come they're not doing that? I'm picking up the slack for them. Well, that can be a big issue, you know, that you have to have to deal with. What Gallup has told us that uh, in some of their research has found about 50% of the U.S. workforce is quiet quitting. So people um, around the engagement, and we know Gallup as a pollster, but they're also uh, their strongest uh, revenue it comes from their management consulting. And the engagement, which they come up with engagement scores, has dropped to 32% of people being highly engaged. So one-third, it typically was around 34%. But we have noticed if you're supervising people under 35, so this is the millennials and the generation, it has dropped even more. For those folks, engagement has dropped about 10%. And it can be that they don't subscribe to the same work, more, 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 more hustle that we all have. And this idea that we've taken from the pandemic, really people have been able to take more time to reflect uh, and examine. You know, as coaches, Kathy and I, we all typically deal with folks around their vision, their mission. And I think what's happened, a lot of people with the pandemic stood back and really evaluated, probably more so evaluated than they had before, got off the rat race, and people were home and thinking, yeah, I kind of like this. Um, wow, this is flexible. I kinda, uh, I'm kind of at home with my family. Uh, I don't have to have the commute. There's been other issues, uh, obviously, along with that. But I think this idea of what do you truly want to do? Who do you truly want to be. Sometimes in coaching, I'll talk to people about what's the resume that you're building right now? And typically, many of the resume that we're building is how fast you respond to things. You know, emails, you're right on it. Uh, you, you've ticked off all the tasks. If you think about when someone dies and you're at the funeral, which resume do people talk about? No one's going to say, you know, uh, Mike or Susan, wow, if you sent them an email, they returned it in four hours, and uh, they never missed a deadline. Many of us are building that resume. And what, what happens is the resume that uh, we hear about is what kind of person the human being. And so a little bit of the opposite of the human doing, that resume, the human being, they were kind, 
they were col- they were collaborative. They gave their time to supporting people. They were a great role model. So those are are some of the things that uh, you want to think about as you are moving forward. And we're going to talk a little bit more about this quiet quitting and what are some of the leadership tools that we know from emotional intelligence that can help you. So, Kathy, I want to see uh, after that. Uh, long process there, some of your comments, and then we'll get into some of the how-to for people. I was, yeah, I was mesmerized, to be honest with you. You know, it's sometimes it's nice to be the audience. Um, sometimes it's nice to uh, listen to a brilliant partner uh, on a subject that is of so much importance to so many um, who are suffering through this with us. Uh, that I get caught up in the moment myself. But, I, you know, I think that some of the research um, by Catalyst, um, and our audience knows how much I love you, so I can say that on the air. Uh, Catalyst research shows um, that some of these things that we're talking about now uh, with regard to quiet quitting, quiet firing, and, of course, what we're all learning as a result of these two, uh, I'll just say, movements, um, is the the great resignation. Um, uh, the catalyst research uh, is showing us that one of the things that is so important right now um, is empathy. And I think, you know, you really touched upon that, um, not only in your description, but in its delivery. So maybe we can jump into the power of empathy uh, and, and what it is actually, um, I'm going to say, forcing us to learn uh, so that we can be better humans during this time of trauma. Um, I don't know what, what, what other way to put it so that it connects mm-hmm. best with our audience, but to me, that's a pretty powerful statement. Yeah, yeah. So as Kathy and I are talking about this, you may want to kind of reflect back on yourself when we talk about some of these different skills. Uh, and what Kathy's talking about is Catalyst has, has uh, told us from the research, if a leader has empathy, how much that is an inoculation for the individual around burnout, for the individuals to feel understood, um, and basically to have their uh, feelings honored. And so some of the research is telling us that if you, you may want to think about this for yourself. Are you high in empathy? If you are, it enhances work engagement versus somebody who is low in empathy. And so we'll explain empathy and kind of what that means. But if you're high in empathy, uh, it can increase work engagement 76%. What's from the catalyst research that Kathy's talking about. If you're low, it's only 32%. So that's a huge difference that has a byproduct around engagement. Same kind of key numbers around innovation. If you're high in empathy, uh, people are more innovative. So these are some of the key aspects. And then, Kathy, I think it may be good we can kind of give some examples. You can do this going back to what we said about emotionally brilliant how do you respond in those first 
two or three minutes when someone's sharing something. What comes out of your mouth is so important. Do they feel heard? Do they feel empathized with? Do they feel seen? Or what many of us do, we go right to the problem. And so I'll give you an example, Kathy. We, we use this, you know, in our training and both Kathy and I have uh, been a part of the College of Executive Coaching where we train coaches. So, for example, someone comes to you and they say, you know what? I'm so frustrated. They, they move the deadline back. Um, I don't know what to do next. I'm ready to pull my hair out. How would you respond to that? I think often the manager leaders would say, oh, yeah, well, uh, who moved it? What's the, what's the deadline? Those two sentences, they've lost the opportunity. What you really want to do is be able to say, wow, it sounds like you're really frustrated. You know, I can see that um, they moved the deadline. So let's talk a little bit about it. Unless you give them the words, the emotions that they're having, they do not feel heard. They do not feel seen. I'll pause yeah, on that. And, yeah, maybe well, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I thought you were going to pause on that. I can kind of hear it in your voice, so I'm getting ready to jump in there. You know, I, that's the problem when you've been married to somebody for 16 years virtually. <laughs> One of the things that, right. that, I, that, I, yeah, what, that I think I'm hearing here, and, and audience check in, check in on this. You know, many years ago when uh, some of us, giving away our age, were in corporate America managing others, um, we learned that, Decisions are made by those uh, we work for, not necessarily those we work with. Many of us come from that hierarchy of events that uh, provided us with what we now know as our foundation for leading others. And I think in some cases, really, that was crippling. And if we come from a military background or a law enforcement background, and we're fortunate enough at this late date in our careers to move into a more self-actualized organization, and I use those words freely, then we are all getting a taste of what it's like to work in an environment where we are in a lattice as opposed to a ladder. And so what you just mentioned with regard to pausing and demonstrating self-perception and specifically our own emotional self-awareness so that we don't hijack that person who has come to us giving us this news about the deadline, then we're promoting that same old hierarchical model of response or react versus pausing, taking that moment, and inspiring others around us through our reaction which I would say we really should call is our response. And that not only demonstrates our own emotional self-awareness, but it also taps into our ability to uh, stress manage, which is, you know, stress tolerance. So you're hitting on so many big things that we are not attuned to in our current environments. Because half the time, many of us are working alone in our own virtual environments called our offices uh, within our own, you know, personal space. 
And some of us are in that in-between stage where we're going into the office two or three days a week so that we're not alienating ourselves from the rest of the team. But yet we have designed, pardon me, designed a life for ourselves. We can work independently from home, which, as you said earlier, is a great place to be when you don't have to be stressed in traffic. But now we have other stressors, such as connectedness, self-perception, and stress management when we are in relationship with others. So I'm going to pause there because I want our audience to just, you know, kind of take that in. Here you are giving them a simple example. I've kind of made it a little bit more um, complicated, but this goes to show you that VUCA environment, that volatile, uncertain, chaotic, chaotic and ambiguous environment we're all working in because we think we've got it figured out. Well, I work from home two days a week and I go into the office three days a week or whatever. But look at what we're doing just in a simple response to a simple movement of a deadline which probably has a very good reason, but we're not taking into consideration because we're either not there, we're not, we don't feel integrated, we feel a little detached, you know, and and so we've got all these dynamics circling around us as we're trying to refit ourselves into what we thought was a work environment that we thought we had under control. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, so, Kat, you're, you're bringing up uh, some of the competencies that we both know from the emotional quotient inventory. It's an emotional intelligence assessment that uh, Kat and I both use. And she talked about self-perception. There's 15 categories in there, and self-awareness is, is one. What do you know about yourself? Uh, self-control is another one, or impulse control. How do you manage yourself? Those two uh, are so important because they are both sides of the coin. What do you know about yourself? How do you manage yourself? And in the moment, like we're saying, to be emotionally brilliant, you got to know what the heck's happening for me. Wow. Uh, I'm frustrated. I'm tense. Or they're frustrated. They're tense. Oh, what do I say? You can be brilliant in your response. And it's the first two or three uh, minutes, you know, which are, are so important. And then Kathy also brought up another one around stress tolerance. Uh, which is another one of the key competencies. You know, I wanted to say, uh, Kat, just a, a, a couple things, and I think what I'll do is save that until we, because we're going to go to our first break, and we're talking about solutions to mitigate uh, quiet quitting. So come right back. You're listening to Leadership Development News. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Icy Tech. Like the hard-working men and women that get up every day and do their job. The ones that stop at nothing to make sure that it's done right. It's not just an effort. It's not just know-how. It's a way of life. Icy Tech has been with you since 1998. Veteran community being behind you, we understand with quality, with passion, we follow you in this way of life. Icy Tech for those who get it. 
IC Tech is a proud sponsor of the Emotional Brilliance Academy, where e-learning is leading edge. How can you be brilliant in the moment? Given the daily challenges you face at work and home, how can you enhance your strengths and limit your weaknesses? Dr. Greenberg and Dr. Nadler's mission is to help people be the best version of themselves at work and at home with simple, trusted, evidence-based tips and tools. They have combined forces, applying the powerful science of emotional and social intelligence with the latest in e-learning and AI technology to bring you the Emotional Brilliance Academy. Through the leading Emotional Brilliance Academy programs, they help everyday leaders like you balance your emotions to better connect with people, enhance top performance, lead your teams, and your organization. The Emotional Brilliance Academy gives you a common sense approach to enhance your effectiveness and happiness both on and off the job. Sign up for the program, enhance your skills, and be your best self. For a free trial, go to freetrial.emotionalbrilliance.com. That's freetrial.emotionalbrilliance.com. EBA is powered by Fearless Leaders Group, the H2C Leadership Foundation, and True North Leadership. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices, Top Performers today, Raleigh Nadler and Kathy Greenberg. Raleigh and I have been having an exciting conversation during the break, and the reality is that no matter how you think about these terms of quiet quitting, whether it's about, about bad bosses or bouncing back, right? Remember in our last show, I said sometimes some of us are bouncing back, and the quiet quitting is because we're rebalancing, um, we're not really right. quitting. We're just reforming our boundaries. But really, before we went to commercial, um, we were talking about some of the downsides uh, of, of quiet quitting, and we started talking about examples. I, I just want to go back to your conversation about um, this, this quiet quitting from a consequence standpoint. Can you jump in there, and then we'll continue our conversation yeah. about what to say and yeah, how yeah. to handle people. Yeah, we can kind of go back to the empathy. So what are some of the downsides of quiet quitting? And especially, I think, like we're saying, this is uh, a little bit more of a phenomena in people under 35. You know, I think the boomers, some of the research says, have been raised on always doing more, better, faster, more, better, faster, and kind of there's some downsides of that also, but always trying to, you know, the achievement orientation. So the rebalancing, Kathy, that you're talking about, there can be some downsides of well, if you pull back too early in your career, there can be some consequences, you know, of around long-term career path. You kind of get earmarked as somebody who's not going above and beyond, you know, and that is definitely one of the key aspects that we do see um, that's important, you know, for for individuals. And some of the things, Kat, I just want to mention, when you think about this, 
we talk about this idea of snapshot management. Given everything so fast in our world today, people quickly take snapshots of who you are. You're a go-getter. You get things done. Well, how many times do they need to see that? Not many. Then they say, that's you. So these five snapshots you may want to think about for you or the people that you deal with, you got four or five opportunities to crystallize your impression of others or their impression of who you are. It doesn't take more than that because we got we can't be thinking about this too much. And so um, if four or five are positive, you're in great shape. They give you the benefit of the doubt. And something messes up, oh, it can't be you, it's somebody else because you got these four or five positive snapshots. It's not reality, but that's what we do. We take the shortcut, therefore the snapshot. If some of these snapshots early in your career are negative of the five, and I usually ask people as a metric, of the five snapshots, think about for yourself, or let's say you're leading somebody in your direct report, how many are positive? If someone says, the person I'm coaching, and I say, well, of these five snapshots, how many are positive for you? And they say, I don't know, two or three. Well, if they're saying two or three, it's probably one or two. They've overestimated. And I would have to say to them, this is an uphill battle because no one's paying that much attention to you. One, you've got to change. Two, no one's really noticing the changes because a lot of the things that Kathy and I are talking about are subtle. And it may happen behind closed doors. So they don't see the changes you're making. So this becomes this internal PR issue where for the quiet quitting can live with them. These snapshots stay with them. It has a history and it can be a derailleur for them moving up because they're seen as a slacker, someone who's not putting forward, someone who doesn't really care. All those could be wrong and negative labels. And so that's some of the downside. And you may want to think about this for yourself and others. How many snapshots are positive for you of the five? Wow. I'm sitting here and I'm literally, yeah, I'm taking a deep breath. (laughs) One of the, I'm taking a deep breath because I, I honestly know that for those who are listening, technology and working virtually make it so much easier for us to think about a more balanced life. Seriously. Some of us may have totally gone out of balance, but many of us have thought of the day when technology and working virtually will really give us that best of all balance. But, you know, really, as you're talking, I'm thinking about conversations I've had with employees over the years and with my coaching clients over the years Technology and working virtually make it really easy to avoid challenging conversations. And this is what we see yeah. in, in texts and emails. And I do it myself. I mean, I don't know how many times I started text with, forgive this wall of text. You know, the technology <laughs> and working virtually, right? And you're laughing. Um, everybody in the audience I should be laughing that, yeah. at me. Yeah. Um, should, you, you have to understand the challenging conversations we avoid. And here's another one, getting constructive reviews. Just the word Mm -hmm. feedback or review for some of us puts us over the edge. It's very threatening. And in today's environment, when, when a manager calls a meeting, an all hands meeting, you know, I'm sending out a Zoom invitation, everyone has to attend, this is mandatory. Everybody's thinking, my gosh, what's gonna happen? 
And so going back to your data uh, about the snapshot management issues, I just want to take people back a notch for just a minute. And I want you to remember the good old days when we were taught the first six seconds of meeting somebody was the time that they were going to make that assessment of you. And whatever came out of your mouth and however you looked were the absolute finite six seconds of your life. And I want you to think Mm -hmm. about that for a second, right? In the context of this snapshot management, we, we take snapshots of people. It's a human condition. It is the way our brains are organized. And many of us know that when we're doing webinars or trying to engage our teams, that six-second change in frame, that six-second change in information on the screen is very important. We do that naturally with our faces and our body language, but how many of us are having virtual conversations where those underlying minutiae of the human condition called an expression cannot be tracked that quickly anymore. And so we're not only getting caught in our heads around that one or two versus three or four conversations that we just had with you about the items that we're thinking about, but how many of us are not able to read people accurately because we're also in our heads while we're also on a Zoom, while we're also in a meeting, and we're not paying attention. So... So many things going on for us as humans, it's, it's more than ever in, in my history of doing this work, just my opinion here, it's more than ever important that we revisit these emotional intelligence skills and competencies yes. to understand ourselves before we start trying to understand others. Yeah, uh, what you're saying is so true. And we... Typically, we talk about in our intro, we didn't do it today, but everything is more. And that's kind of what you're saying now. You know, so more, more stress, more tension, more demands, more juggling, more complexity, more pressure. And 75% of us are looking for support. Well, that's you, our listener. That's you, the parent. That's you, the leader. People are saying, can you support me? I'm on overwhelm, you know, and all these emotions that we're having. So, um, God, I, I like what you're saying. It's kind of for the people that we coach, it's their Super Bowl. It's their World Cup. Whatever analogy you want to use, everything's happening. And people now are working so much, even more, you know, because the few times that they could reflect on am I using my empathy and what am I feeling are taken away. The commute for many of us has been one kind of time you could breathe, you could look around, you could kind of take in your world. You can reorder stuff. Well, the commute is gone for many people. And then also you go from meeting to meeting, you're no longer walking down the hall where you can connect with a colleague. You can actually see how they're doing, share how you are. That's gone because at least the people that I'm dealing with, uh, Kathy, they're just going meeting to meeting. So they don't have this reordering, that reflective time, building the resume of a human being versus the human doing. 
Yeah. No, definitely. I think one of the things that we keep promising uh, this audience that I want to jump into here with you is some things we can say and some things that we can be. You know, what can we be in the moment to get the best out of ourselves and others? So why don't we jump into, you know, one of the things you know best um, from, from your work is no one knows you really see their perspective until you say their perspective. I love when you say yeah. that. Let me repeat that for the audience. <laughs> it's one of Relly's one of Relly's sayings, and, and I love it. No one knows you really see their perspective until you say their perspective. Let's jump in there, Relly. Yeah, yeah, sure. And trying to in this provocative language, you know, what can we say things simply? Um, they want to feel seen, and they don't feel seen until you give it words. So this is, again, going back to what Kat said, I said, you know, in the, your reaction, you have to give it words. So what are some of the words? You need to give them back. In the training, we talk about the emotionally loaded word should be like a blinking word for your brain. It should stand out like this, It's blinking. And what's the blinking word? It's the emotionally loaded word frustrated, deadline, uh, pull my hair out. I mean, all those like, oh, that's different. So I need to, you could either repeat those words or some semblance of it. And one of the things that we know, even from hostage negotiators, uh, Chris Voss has some great work on this around empathy. What if you just repeated their last four or five words with a question mark? Why? You, you want to use your curiosity. So you said they moved the deadline back. You're not sure what to do. It gets them to talk more about that. And so that's in kind of an easier thing that we don't do. Uh, so blinking word, you want to say the blinking word so they know you, you heard it, you see it. And you can just repeat back because why you want to be more curious. I mean, we're all curious, but from an empathy standpoint, Curiosity is at the opposite side of judgment. And so we may judge or either them or, or what we got to do. We go into what we would call the writing reflex. I got to write this. I got to write this. Oh, so what's going on? This problem, problem, problem. I got to write it. Versus if you can stay curious, Michael Stanier, who we've interviewed, talked about this, even a little bit longer, two, three minutes longer. So it sounds like, uh, so it seems like you, this is what I, you would say. So it sounds like it, this is very frustrating, challenging for you, blinking words, frustrating, challenging about the deadline. Tell me more how you're dealing with it. That would be an example. Um, so what else, I can see this is frustrating for you and challenging. What else do you need? How can I help you with that? You want to just stay curious, and it's your questions and getting them to talk versus going to your own fixing reflex. Oh, I got a problem. I got to fix it. That's my job. I'm a manager but, or I'm a parent. I got to fix, Rally, fix, fix. That, that's what we do. That's just what yeah. we do. And, and it's so hard for us going back to our foundations to think of ways to enable other people to get through their feelings. And let's go back to our 
our book, Emotional Brilliance, and the name model, NAME, right? How can somebody normalize, accept, manage, and express their feelings if we don't give them an opportunity to get through them? Because as we like to say, feelings just want to pass through us. And we're the ones that bottle them up. Some of us, through the power of empathy, we can get them out of somebody, out of ourselves. And that's where we see the ability for us as managers to improve people's innovative um, ability, uh, their work engagement, uh, and their abilities to do their work, right? But if we're not saying what we need to say in order to see their perspective, we're locking Mm. them in place. And so the power that we have right now in this moment as, as just people, people is, is painful and it's scary, but it's easy. You just said it. We can just repeat their comment and just put a question mark on it. Just let it sit for a second. Just stay in that moment of pause long enough for them to repeat what they said and possibly continue. Or to the point you made about staying curious, being in that moment with them and give them longer to think about what they just said in a way that doesn't hurt, that doesn't create frustration, that doesn't challenge, but that allows that open-ended curiosity. And we don't do this naturally as human beings because we are fixers. We become fixers at a very young age. We are taught in our school systems, in our processes and procedures as parents to teach fixing. And what's interesting is for those of us who've gone through child development and now have grandchildren and are going through grandchildren (laughs) development, it's funny, it's easier for us to watch this than it is their parents. Right. And, you know, as yep. you're going through these, these, these statements, I just want to also reflect briefly um, on some hey, of the leadership styles hey, that some of us have to read So why don't, unfortunately, we've got to take a quick break, and then we can kind of yep. come right back, yep. back to this. Yeah, let's right, do so that. This is the Leadership Development News. We're going to right, come back to some more of the how-to things that you can do to deal with the quiet quitting. comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. How can you be brilliant in the moment? Given the daily challenges you face at work and home, how can you enhance your strengths and limit your weaknesses? Dr. Greenberg and Dr. Nadler's mission is to help people be the best version of themselves at work and at home with simple, trusted, evidence-based tips and tools. They have combined forces, applying the powerful science of emotional and social intelligence with the latest in e-learning and AI technology to bring you the Emotional Brilliance Academy. Through the leading Emotional Brilliance Academy programs, they help everyday leaders like you balance your emotions to better connect with people, enhance top performance, lead your teams, and your organization. 
The Emotional Brilliance Academy gives you a common sense approach to enhance your effectiveness and happiness both on and off the job. Sign up for the program, enhance your skills, and be your best self. For a free trial, go to freetrial.emotionalbrilliance.com. That's freetrial.emotionalbrilliance.com. EBA is powered by Fearless Leaders Group, the H2C Leadership Foundation, and True North Leadership. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Today, expertise equals credibility. When you know what to do and how to do it, people follow because they acknowledge that you know more. However, stepping up in your career eventually pushes you out of your comfort zone of expertise. How you lead at those moments requires new skills. We're here to show you how to survive and thrive. Join me, Wanda Wallace, on Out of the Comfort Zone at Voice America Business Channel. You can find more information at Leadership Forum INC. Say It Skillfully is my new radio show about being who you really are and saying what you think needs to be said. This is your host, Molly Chang. Call in and I'll help you find the right words to tackle any difficult conversation or ticklish situation you've been avoiding. Whether you're part of a small project team or leading a giant company, the more you accept that you are part of the problem, the faster you can be part of the solution. Learn how to be happier, healthier, and more productive at work and in life. Join me live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. You're listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices, Top Performers Today, Relly Nadler and Kathy Greenberg, myself are talking about quiet quitting and the unfortunate consequences it brings to many of us, which include quiet firing and the great resignation that's going on right before our very eyes. So, Relly, um, before we went to commercial, we started to talk a little bit about remedies, remediation. We talked about what to mm-hmm. say. Um, I thought we'd start this last segment of our show and talk about the styles that are necessary for all of us to understand and emphasize uh, during stages of um, getting through these, uh, I'll call rebalancing moments in our careers. And for those of you who are listening, you know, Relly and I use uh, many different uh, leadership style approaches from Zenger Miller, Corn Ferry, um, obviously MHS, Multi Health Systems. Uh, one of the things that you know we we know um, from uh, people like Dan Goldman and Boyatzis and um, and others is that our styles uh, can also flux. Um, they should flux, 
and they can go from visionary to commanding. I think it's important that we talk to the audience about when to emphasize what style with some of the time we have left. How do you, how do you think about that? Yeah. Yeah, let me just do a quick overview. So this comes from uh, Corn Ferry. It used to be uh, the Hay Group. Um, it's called the Inventory of Leadership Styles, and there's a Harvard Business Review article about it. They changed, they upgraded the names a little bit, but I'll quickly go through it. So you have, um, uh, Kathy talked about commanding, and now it used to be coercive, and now they've changed it to directive. So you can maybe think about it, your directive style, just go do this. We're going to do this, you know, uh, I'm directing you. Also, then, is visionary, which is the difference is instead of directing you, visionary is giving a direction. Here's where we're going. Here's why we're doing this. So that's a style. Are you connecting to the mission, the vision, what they're doing, why it's important? That's a style. Affiliative. Are you connecting with them as a person? Do you know what's going on in their life? We talk about you have to connect before you direct. So that's affiliative. Is, are you trying to have as much harmony? That's a style. Another style is participative. Do you ask them what they think? That goes right back to the Gallup questions. My opinion seems to count. Well, no one knows your opinion seems to count until you say, well, what do you think? What's your ideas? What's your recommendation? That's participative style. And then you also have what's called coaching. And the coaching style is your one-on-ones. You want to enhance and blend these styles. You've got to have one-on-ones with your people. That's your highest leverage point. What happens in those one-on-ones? Are you asking them questions like, what gives you the most energy? Are you able to, and, and then are you able to use that strategically? What's your sweet spot? How do we get you to do your sweet spot even more? And then the other one, the last uh, style is called pace setting. And so my example for that, and, and many organizations are pace setting, you don't only want pace setting itself. Let's say you're, at a, uh, you're running track and your track coach comes out and says, okay, folks, here we go for our practice. And they bolt out and they go, and you, they go, let's go. And they're 20 yards ahead of you. Your whole job is to keep up, keep up, keep up. Many organizations, I'm sure, Kat, you're involved with them, and it's a pace-setting organization. If it's only pace-setting, keep up, keep up, keep up. It's burnout. You really have to have your one-on-ones for coaching. You have to have the affiliative. You have to have the participative, and you have to have the visionary. Those four styles are what's going to allow better engagement, better productivity, and can quell some of the quiet coaching because you're having one-on-one, you're finding out where they are in their career and what are some of their key areas. So that's that aspect. And you may really want to think about, you know, are you having the one-on-ones consistently or does that always get canceled? Hey, I'm sorry. I got to get this done by the end of the day. Can we reschedule our one-on-one? That always happens. But if that's a pattern, you're, it's telling your people you're not important. I'll pause on that one, Kat. Yeah, no, this is powerful, and I think what you just tapped into is is something that we're not paying attention to, and that is we have created a pace-setting environment. And, yeah. you know, I live with somebody who was developed specifically for a pace-setting environment. Um, many of you in the audience know that I am married to somebody from uh, our nation's national mission team and SEAL Team 6. And so getting somebody like that to actually pause, be in the moment, 
um, get out of doing right. and just be is is very critical for their ongoing development post military. We see this in healthcare providers. Um, we see this now at, at, yeah. at the drugstores we go to to get our prescriptions. You know, there's a note that says all pharmacists will be taking lunch from 12 to 1230. When we think about the, the ultimate here in leadership styles, and we'll have to do another show on this subject, it's about trust. Um, it's about driving a team through trust, through not only their competency, um, but the predictability of you and your direct reports to be sustainable. Mm. And so it's so important for us to highlight uh, some of these uh, behaviors. And in the few minutes we have left, why don't you touch on them, Relly? And then I think we need to recommit to a third show in the near future to talk more about these leadership styles that will help us give us and our teams the energy we need to play this game of being real people in the workplace and driving results with good, if not better, relationships. Yes, I, I think there's so much here, and that's why we're trying to download, you know, some of the skills that we would normally do in person, we normally do in training, you know, uh, when we're coaching or training. And so... Pace setting sets the standard. And so everybody's got the standards. Everybody's got the numbers they got to meet. That's fine. That We need that. You, you just don't only want pace setting. And so that's where all the different tools and skills that we bring to organizations uh, to how do you coach? What do you say? How do you connect? We talked about empathy. Um, are you holding off what you think and asking them what they think for participative? And really the visionary. I mean, when we look at the research, the visionary, where we're going and what's, what are you doing that connects that? That's probably, of the four styles, the most powerful around engagement. And that, you know, takes coaching. And then, Kat, so you mentioned about one of the things in trust. And, you know, one of the uh, articles in Harvard Business Review, you know, is by Zenger and Folkman all about quiet coaching. And it really is a quiet quitting. It really is about the manager. It's not the person, it's the manager. And trust is really important. And so they talk about positive relationships with employees. That would be the affiliative style. They talk about consistency and expertise. One of the configurations that I've used over and over, and Kat, I think you too, you may want to test yourself on these three factors of, of trust, a little takeoff of what Zenger Folkman, competency, predictability, dependability. How competent are you at your job? That's the technical expertise, one to 10. Typically, that's high. Predictability is where people fall down. Difference between predictability and dependability. Predictability, I said I was going to do this, I did it. It's consistency with that. Dependability is there's a crunch, there's a crisis, do I show up? So it's a little stronger and more emergency, but every time I use this and I have them do their one to 10, where people fall down, is not being predictable. They said they would do something and then they didn't do it. That goes back to the snapshots. You're unpredictable two or three times. Your leader's brain is saying, am I gonna get what I want? Should I follow up with them? Should I send them another email? Part of their brain is now trying to help you be predictable. They got other things to think about. And so when you do the one to 10 on those, 
if you're not, uh, if you're low on predictability, it's going to go to people don't trust you. And so that is, that's where people fall down on that. And so yeah. I would have people yeah. for, for the leader say, where do you think this person is as a direct report on, uh, competency, predictability, dependability. And then I'd ask the individual, where do you think you are? And typically, if they're honest, if they're self-aware, it's the predictability. And so I had a conversation with uh, two people just the other day, and really it was the simple adage for the person who is unpredictable is um, under-promise, over-deliver. Well, this person is over-promising, under-deliverable. How many times does that need to happen when they're not predictable? Therefore, it's hard to trust them. Powerful. It's very powerful. I think we need a whole show, you know, on examples of uh, communicating uh, these feelings, um, dealing with what you and I know to be called the soft startup. Uh, how do you resolve uh, conflict or disagree without being disagreeable? And that's one of the hardest things to do because one of the things we did not list at the beginning of the show in terms of what we are getting more of is we are resulting in more conflict. And so task yeah. conflict, relationship conflict, work conflict, social conflict, we are getting into, um, unfortunately, destructive behaviors. So we're going to come back to this subject on another show. And for those of you who are listening, thank you so much for tuning in to tune up your most needed behaviors in this day and age of, of VUCA, volatile, uncertain, chaotic, and ambiguous, and that's your emotional intelligence. Relly, I'll let you bring us home. Okay, great. Well, if you're interested in more stuff that uh, Kathy and I have, go to our website, www.emotionalbrilliance.academy. We have the seven reasons why you, I mean, it's not seven, 11 reasons why you need emotional intelligence. It's an ebook that you can download, and uh, we'd love to help and support you. www.emotionalbrilliance.academy. So come back. We'll listen. To, we'll be with you again next week. Thank you. You've been listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We sincerely hope that you gained some great ideas and inspiration on how to elevate your leadership skills. Join us again next Monday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time right here on the Voice America Business Channel. 